0: and jackass and on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy oh God. my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, as- we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre yeah. war. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Among the discussions I had with Dr. Hill were about Ambassador Sondland. I think she might have coined it the Gordon problem. This is Ed McMahon. And now he is Armstrong and Getty. 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 From Studio C. Oh, C, si Senor. A dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. But today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, The Gordon Problem. Gordon Sunland, ambassador to the EU, Portlandia hotelier, and flippity floppity witness at times. Sitting down as we speak, for a little more impeachment hearing talking. Do you realize yesterday there were nine hours of hearings? Nine hours. And what came out of it could be summarized pretty thoroughly in 60 to 90 seconds. Uh, Good for you if you... With both sides represented. Good for you if you feel like you've got a handle on that, because I tried to take in a lot of echo chamber, and it ranged from another dull day where nothing really happened, complete waste of time, ratings will continue to plummet to this was the day that ended (sighs) the Trump presidency. Oh, boy. And every shade in between. Oh, boy. And not always falling along the lines of uh, Fox versus MSNBC sometimes. So I, I have no idea, and I'm not a lawyer, and I didn't take in. Even seven of the uh, nine hours. Right. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for this. So I don't have any idea. Tell you what, a little comparison between the networks, interestingly enough. CNN, in the person of the sheep-looking idiot Wolf Blitzer, embarrassing itself anew this morning as he, and we're looking for this tape, he was teasing ahead to coverage, live coverage of the guy walking up to the building today. We have cameras everywhere. We will have live coverage. That's as he. Rough. Oh, Meanwhile, on facts, Chris Wallace said something, and i got to remember exactly what he said. It was, oh, now I remember. It was wildly biased. I mean, it was CNN, MSNBC, spin room biased. I think he really showed his colors today. Chris Wallace of Fox, who's a closeted lefty? You know, he could just be bothered by the president's behavior. Oh, no, no. What he said was wildly out of bounds. Wildly. Um, (laughs) Out of bounds. Both feet. Not even close. Don't replay it. And then you had the, the legal analyst on CBS who said the Democrats continue to not make the case for impeachment. And CBS bailed out of the coverage yesterday a couple of hours in and went to uh, wheel of fortune and, and let's make a deal so entertaining shows admittedly so, now here's a headline from the new york times and again i've seen such different coverage i don't know how accurate this is maybe you can fill me in ambassador gordon sundland is ex- is expected to testify that he pressured ukraine for investigations at President Trump's express direction, and they've got quotes around that. Yeah, I believe that to be true. So if he sits there and says, the president told me himself to pressure Ukraine, yeah, um, is that a big deal? Or is he going to say specifically about the Biden stuff, or just, just pressuring Ukraine doesn't bother me? No. We, we pressure it, countries all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be about investigating Burisma and, uh, and that whole server thing. And Hunter Biden, probably. It's just, and and that might move a couple of percentage points, but I, I think the whole narrative that Trump wanted Biden investigated for that weird Burisma thing and the firing of this and the rest of it, um, and, and so he told the new guy, hey, investigate him for me. I think everybody accepts that. Well, the, uh, a couple more polls came out yesterday, and the most interesting one was that among independents, the desire for impeachment dropped ten points in a week. Yep. Ten points in a week. Wow. Which polls? All, all, all of them. them. Okay. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats stayed in the same spot, but independents dropped their enthusiasm by ten points. So we'll see if this Sunland guy, who looks like he looks like he should be in a in like a a, a movie. Is kind of a funny, bungling criminal. That's what he looks (laughs) like. So far, so good. Really? (laughs) Kind of fits. He has not been skillful. Yeah. Now look at him. Doesn't he look like kind of the funny, bungling criminal in a movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Or the well meaning but uh, bungling dad of the teenage heroine right? Right. in the movie. Um, right. Yeah. He, this is the guy who, who testified one thing, then listened to other testimony and was reminded and said, Oh, yeah, I forgot some stuff. Yeah. So, well, we'll which see is fine. They're... I forget stuff all the time. So. And as we have been doing, any uh, mom shells, highlights, anything like that, we will bring them to you. Oh, yeah. But um, not the boring stuff. And there's a lot of that. Uh, Let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. Board operator Michelangelo pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Sorry this morning, Michael. Uh, Pretty good. We're about one week away from Thanksgiving. I was thinking about you, Jack. How are you going to handle your intermittent fasting on Thanksgiving Day? I actually think it'll be pretty easy. It's one of the things I like about this diet. I'll just stop eating at 6. I won't eat again until noon the next day like I do every day. But in between, I will eat a tremendous amount of money. uh, Food. That's what I Wait! Thinking. I hear the voices of the pies calling yeah, to you right. even now. It's funny. I actually thought of that while I was driving today. That's it's only weird. While 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 I was driving, I thought, can I not eat pie past six o'clock? No, <laughs> that'll never happen. That no, that never happen. You're gonna break down. <laughs> me! I'm delicious. That'll never happen. What if Michael I go says. to waste? Don't <laughs> yes. let me go to waste. Just picture Laura picking up the pie and said, "Well, we don't need this, Jack. I'll just throw this away." Bye. Yeah, see? <laughs> I would not allow that to happen. <laughs> he dives between the pie and the garbage disposal like he's taking a bullet for the president. No! Last, blocks it with his body. Last year, our, whoop, our oven went on the fritz, and we ended up not eating till like 7 o'clock. Got, oh, a, got a new oven, no. so hopefully that's taking care. Oh, no. There's Positive Sean. an intermittent oven. <laughs> positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Now, there are... Two Rhodes Scholars that are actively pursuing uh, for the Democratic presidential nomination—one with a chance and one not. Yeah, but if you if you read the U.S. press, you might only know that one of them has it. Now, the two uh, gentlemen mentioned are Pete Buttigieg, edge edge they say, and uh, Cory Booker. But uh, U.S. Uh, news publications cited Buttigieg Rhodes scholarship 596 times. But Booker's only 79. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> racism. Yeah, it's racism. And not the fact that Buttigieg is a viable candidate and nobody knows Booker's running. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, <a> fake. Racism. <laughs> and? Racism. And racism. Oh boy. Well, according to critical race theory, if any policy yeah. of any sort leads to a bad outcome or a, a worse outcome, even slightly, For somebody of color, that's racist. So covering Pete Buttigieg, understand this, I am not kidding. Covering Pete Buttigieg more because he's got a chance than Cory Booker, who doesn't, is racist because it doesn't mention the Rhodes Scholarship as much. And if it helps make the argument, you should make the argument anyway because it adds up, is the theory. And it does. It makes you tired uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. Let's break out the party hats, because it is a presidential hopeful's birthday. Oh. None other than... Who's t- turning 80?
1: <laughs> Not 80.
0: None other than Joe Biden turning 77. I apologize for that. <laughs> 77 mm. Pre-term one Ooh. 77 years. I said you're kidding me <laughs> <laughs> no, I counted If you're running against them How do you not wish him a happy 77th birthday oh. oh, that's, that's Julian Castro's oh, job tonight Passive aggressive He won't right. be on the stage Julian but I'm going to wrap this chain no, around your head He's He's not on the stage? He's not one of the ten? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Or oh. someone could bring out a cake. Yeah, a that's what I with 77 candles. You, you, you bring candles. a cake out from behind the podium? I yeah. just wanted to say, I hate to interrupt the debate, yeah. but I thought we had to do it for the elder statesman. Oh, what's that? This many candles is a fire hazard? Sorry, <laughs> we can't bring <laughs> it, it out. It makes a difference. Smoke alarms going off. I brought yeah. you a cake. Happy 77th birthday, Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> 77? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not a joke. It's a must. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It will uh, come up. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, I've got another cake. I couldn't get all the candles on right. one cake, so we I got have two other cakes. Yeah. 40 <laughs> candles on this cake and 37 candles on this cake. <laughs> <laughs> that makes 77. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Lou, uh, off the board, I'll come up and drag you off. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Meanwhile, Joe's net worth, uh, it turns out, it's a little hard to pin down. Uh, some reports are putting it at about a million and a half. A mm. million and a half 5 That's not much for a lifetime in politics. No. no. Um, and, uh, so, uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Wednesday, November 20th, and Historic Day, uh, the year 2019. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I uh, cede back the rest of my time to the Armstrong and Getty Show precisely at mark. We anticipate that Ambassador Sunderland will be arriving up on Capitol Hill momentarily. We're going to have cameras all over the place. We'll have live coverage. That's how stupid CNN is. Wow. There he is walking, notice the pattern of right foot and left foot alternating as he approaches He's wearing long pants and what appear to be shoes on his feet (laughs) If you find yourself watching coverage of people walking into buildings before you watch nine hours of testimony Find something else to do, volunteer, help kids, or the poor, or something, right? Right, Or, 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 or annoy the poor, whatever, just anything but that Anything you do is better. Or than maybe that. drive your car off a cliff because you clearly lost the love of life. Right? Stop taking calories away from the rest of us. End it. You're contributing to global warming. Right. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, the most anticipated witness yet in the public impeachment inquiry coming up today. Not an impeachment. It's just an inquiry. The conflict is dragging on. We got two more U.S. service members that were killed in Afghanistan. Yeah. And on an entirely different note, I've got a warning for shoppers. Beware of Black Friday retreads. Coming up. Oh, no. A Black Friday warning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, How does Mailbag Blitzer thinks that one sounds dumb. No offense. (laughs) 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 Mailbag is fantastic. Although it does uh, contain a complaint. It includes a complaint from a combat veteran about the show that I would like to address if we can. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I want to hear that. Uh, And again, there's testimony going on. As with every day, the media is trying to convince me this is a big deal. If something big happens, we'll bring it to you on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, we have the opening statement from Sondland, all right? And so this is the guy, he's a a guy Trump chose to be an advisor with the whole Ukraine situation, sent him over there and talking to people and the whole thing. But it was a a Trump guy, and he is going to testify here momentarily. He hasn't yet, or we would play the, uh, the audio. In his opening statement, Sondland is going to say, was there a quid pro quo? The answer is yes. And then he's going to explain that it was widely understood across the Trump administration, including cabinet secretaries, that were aware of the arrangement to launch investigate to convince Ukraine to launch investigations into Trump uh, Trump's adversaries, including Vice President Joe Biden. Now that might be sloppy writing in that he's going to say yes, uh, we were pressing them to launch investigations into corruption and uh, and that oil company mm-hmm. and their extrapolating or whatever you would call it, that uh, that means it was a, a rival. But maybe he's going to say flat out to investigate Joe Biden. I don't know. Yeah. I also think it's interesting if if he says, oh, yeah, senior officials, cabinet secretaries all knew about this. That almost gets to the part where it helps Trump, it seems to me. Yeah. If everybody knew and nobody was saying, oh, resign we can't have this right well his uh, statement also includes the phrase a lot of senior officials knew about this and that what they were demanding was a fully transparent investigation i think that phrase could could play a huge role they didn't want a secretive assa- uh, you know uh, character assassination of joe biden they wanted a fully transparent investigation but we'll see where it's so also- clearly a lot of the conversation today will be people on cable news channels saying quid pro quos are not uncommon at all Right. With aid, where we say... Well, then we moved on to bribery, Jack. No Latin. You need to stop building settlements on the West Bank, or we aren't going to support this, or whatever it is. Right. Yep. Indeed. Mailbag! Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Thomas Paine. Those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men... Well, like men and strong women. I apologize for Thomas Paine's 1700 sexism. I'll read it as uh, ready. those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must like men undergo the fatigues of supporting it. you gotta fight for it fight ain't ain't no uh ain't a lot of uh will for fighting the fatigues yeah. um you know, I've got to say, I really enjoyed the Richard Nixon freedom quotes of the day. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Going on during impeachment. Yeah. Maybe we, did. Could, we could dig up more oh, Richard I'd Nixon be delayed, Oh, I've had tons of them. That's a fantastic twist. I'd be <laughs> delighted to. <laughs> uh, first of all, thanks so much to uh, Bob and Bobby, married couple. They got practically the same names. A little strange, but who am I to judge? They sent um, fabulous gifts to us, Jack. A pair of Where's Hunter caps? Oh, wow. Ball caps. Where's Hunter? And the S, Jack. It's a dollar sign. I assume we're talking about Hunter Biden? Oh, yeah. Hunter, you're a loser. Uh, By the way, I I met the the good folks uh, from this family when I uh, visited beautiful Boise, Idaho, Mm -hmm. to pick up my pickup, um, which I am now trying to sell (laughs) half-heartedly. I should wear one of those hats just because it's confusing people. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, Let's see. Oh, this is to our uh, left-leaning listeners who yell at us and get mad at us. This is a special gift. To you. This is from Scott. I used to listen to you all the time and always appreciated your non left or right leaning ways. I would stop you right there, Scott. I'll speak for myself. I unquestionably lean right on a lot of things. Not all things, but if, you know, anyway, it's, it's that we try to be fair. It's not that we don't have any beliefs. But anyway, he says, I have not listened to you, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I uh, tune back in. You guys are now very slanted to the left. Or you just don't like Trump as the president. Either way, your show is not that great anymore. Hmm. So there you go, liberal listeners. We're too far left. Yeah, I can see where that would come from because I have said, and I, I, I believe Donald Trump was pressuring the country to investigate Joe Biden because it would hurt his main political rival. I think, I think that's what Trump was trying to do. I don't think it's an impeachable offense. Right. I, I think people are too quick to go to motives and oversimplify it, which is why I don't think the American people will go along with this. And I'll explain in a bit. Um, I'm not sure I have time for this. How long do we have, Michael? Oh, I'm bad at math. Um, uh, let's see. Terry, who is a Marine Corps veteran, including combat, says there's a high-pitched screech we play that is beyond tolerable and for many people who have been in combat. Wow, that's interesting. A high-pitched screech. We'll try to figure out what that is. Is that my laughter or is that something Mm, else? Well, perhaps. Marshall's News next. There's no emerging narrative coming out of the Republican side, um, but there's a question of whether there has to be ultimately if the if the Democrats do not establish a narrative of impeachment. What they're doing a great job at is establishing really troubling conduct by the president by his personal lawyer, but none of that will matter unless they can bridge that narrative to an impeachable act, and that's where we're seeing this shift towards bribery. Uh, the problem is that it is a very sketchy basis. I I have to tell you, I do not believe they've made out a case for bribery either under the modern definition or how the framers understood it. So I wanted to play that because that was Jonathan Turley, their lead legal analyst on CBS, that's a big deal, when they dumped out of coverage yesterday. That was him saying the Democrats have not made a case for bribery. And uh, an impeachable offense. That was yesterday, and CBS dumped out a coverage. Well, today we got more stuff going on, so let's bring it back up to speed now with Marshall Phillips. Well, a uh, fourth day of impeachment inquiry hearings. It's not impeach, In public. it's just inquiries. Public <laughs> hearings is off and running. First witness, U.S. Ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, and according to a transcript of his opening statement, he will say, was there a quid pro quo? The answer is yes. Sutherland intends to frame the matter as well as well understood across the entire Trump administration. According to his prepared statement, Sutherland adds, everybody was in the loop. It was no secret. That's interesting. So some people will make the argument then that the entire administration is obviously corrupt, if everybody knew about it. Mm-hmm. Other people will make the argument that everybody knew about it and nobody cared, so it wasn't that big a deal. I don't know which will win the day. Well... Uh, I have seen very little sign that any of this is moving public opinion much at all. Oh, yeah, I got some of those polls later. The uh, ambassador to the EU continues to speak. He uh, follows four witnesses that were up yesterday, later in the day. Nine hours yesterday. Yeah, I know. it. God bless you if you watched it. I didn't. I watched a little. And it was actually pretty interesting, the stuff I saw. Later in the uh, day, uh, we had uh, uh, the uh, special envoy to Ukraine, Kurt Volker, and the former National Security Council aide, Tim Morrison. Now, Volker shifted his former account of a July 10th meeting to say Sondland did discuss the investigations the White House wanted with visiting Ukrainian officials. However, he didn't see discussions between him, Sondland, and others about the Ukrainian company in which Hunter Biden sat on the board as being really going after the Bidens, but In hindsight, I now understand that others saw the idea of investigating possible corruption involving the Ukrainian company Burisma as equivalent to investigating former President Vice President Biden. I saw them as very different. The former being appropriate and unremarkable, the latter being unacceptable. In retrospect, I should have seen that connection differently, and had I done so, I would have raised my own objections. So he kind of waffled on that whole deal. Yeah, yeah, which I get. Especially if you know Trump. But so are we going with... uh, God, I don't want to spend all day on this. I really don't. But so are we going to go with the Obama administration can uh, tap Trump's phones because there's some hinky stuff going on that looks kind of weird. Incoming president. But Trump can't think, well, it's really weird that Biden's kid got a job getting paid a gazillion dollars from a oil company. He doesn't know anything about oil or Ukraine. What the heck's going on there in one of the most corrupt countries on earth? And he looks into that, and that's clearly out of bounds. Right, because it is his political rival. So, you know, by that logic, and listen, I get that logic, because it's not completely ridiculous, but by that logic... Mike Pence can and should do any friggin' thing he wants over the next year. Because if, uh, say, I don't know, Mayor Pete got in there, he could never investigate Mike Pence. Because Mike Pence might be a In fact, Mike Pence would be a political rival. A critic and a probable candidate in the future. So that just... And and this is my final word on this for some time. Joe's final word. dun on the radio, you guys can't see the graphic we yeah. had. Oh, yeah, we had really a It's really good, and I know how hard you worked on it, yeah, Sean, yeah, but yeah. again, it is a radio. There was like show. a whoosh across with a flag. <laughs> Some fireworks right. in the background. You having a good time, Joe? Donald J. Trump, who famously watches a lot of cable news, loves Sean Hannity, the rest of it. Here's this beat and maybe Tucker Carlson as well, that while he's getting the crap investigated out of him, by Clapper and Comey and and Brennan and all those guys, and his phones are being tapped in Trump Tower. Yes, they were. And all of that is going on. Meanwhile, he's hearing every night on cable news that Joe Biden, who was in charge of Ukraine policy, gets his son a sweetheart multi-million dollar deal in Ukraine, and and it's all corrupt as hell, he hears about that server stuff, which is probably not true, but he he becomes obsessed with the fact that they're investigating me every single day, and Joe Biden was getting away with murder. That was his motivation. It was not fear of Biden at the polls, and I believe that in my heart. And it doesn't speak terribly well of Trump in a way. But it's not, and everybody tries to oversimplify Trump's uh, motives. He was trying to have a political rival investigated. That is true, but I don't think that was the animating uh, energy behind it. And that matters, not legally, but to the American people. I think they get it a lot better than a CNN commentator would let on. Hunter, you're a loser! Final word. <laughs> Ooh, wow, the eagle burst into flames. That's interesting. <laughs> oh, that was a that happened in the post. We need to fix that. And a very happy birthday to Joe Biden, turning seventy-seven. They're wow. all celebrating with the Democratic presidential debate tonight yes. in Atlanta. I'm excited about this yeah. debate. I know that makes me a weirdo, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm there glad... are a lot of things that make you a weirdo, Jack. <laughs> but fifty bucks says they bring up the birthday. Somebody does. Yes. <laughs> Opening <laughs> statement. Pete Buttigieg sings Happy Birthday. Well, that's a stretch and <laughs> <cousin laughs> Sean nailed it earlier it is such a beautiful passive-aggressive way to remind America, dude is seventy-seven. Yeah, but once you get killed in the echo chamber afterwards, if, if even if you're a mild-mannered, nice guy, Pete Buttigieg, you'd say, "Well, Senator Biden, you're planning. By the way, happy seventy-seventh birthday. Happy birthday." Um, uh, won't they kill him afterwards? <laughs> I think I think vote <laughs> for him twice. I think it might be good enough just oh, yeah, to I'm say gonna... happy birthday to Vice President Biden. Uh, it, thank you for your your long service to the country. Don't mention the and number. Hope you've had a good birthday. Counting on America right. to uh, to search on it. How old is Joe Biden? Will trend guaranteed? Or the echo chamber would right. fill that in. Too. Right, right. I want to see all the candidates with paper hats. Every one of <laughs> everybody the... with the little cone. Oh, yeah, would <laughs> oh. We all want to wish you a happy birthday. Peel out right. <laughs> a giant cake. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. Just showing that in this country, any kid can grow up to be president 77 years later. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, you man. know, as the great Herbert Hoover said when you were born, any man can grow up to be president in this land. We miss Hoover. How long ago was he president? 77 years. So he was born in 42? Yeah, that was uh, an exaggeration. Right, but Biden was born in 42? Wow, that's something. Especially compared to Mayor Pete, the frontrunner now in Iowa and New Hampshire. He had a 10-point lead in a New Hampshire poll yesterday. Moments after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, a young man uh, came onto the earth, Joe Biden, 77 years ago. Thank you, Joe, for your long, long, long service. <laughs> Mayor, 77. Mayor Pete born in the 80s. Yes. Joe Biden born during World War II. Yes. Not a joke. That is something. Yeah. It's a great country, Jack. I and, mean, of course, uh, Sanders would just have to stand to the side and... <laughs> 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 kind of pretend nobody. What are they saying? <laughs> I can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> Turn up my ears. You can't, can't really join in the whole mocking the age thing. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got a bunch of other stuff to, we're going to hit on today. Uh, there was, there was probably too much impeachment there, right? Yeah, I don't know. We took care of it now. I need a palate cleanser. It's like doing, doing the housework first. Now you can enjoy your Saturday. Yeah, that's the way I feel. That, huh? <laughs> I do want to hit the polls at some point. Uh, enthusiasm for impeachment among independents dropping like a stone. But that's later. Later, right, and one thing we're going to get into in the next, uh, we'll see how, how how it goes. But um, is the idea of disengaging our economy from China's? Wow, it seemed like an insane thought not too long ago, but is it? And should we do it? Two different world economies that you have to pick a side. Which one are you on? More on that later. Armstrong and Getty Show. The impeachment hearings is going on now. We'll bring you highlights. Uh, we just did a little bit ago. We're not going to now because well, we're tired of talking about it. Yeah, today could move the needle, but we'll let you know. So we got this note from uh, Terry, the uh, Marine Corps combat veteran who um, says some very nice things about the show. He actually signs off saying some kind of mean stuff, um, which I don't think we've earned, given the millions of dollars that we've raised for charities and hammered on the VA to take better care of our vets and and everything else we've done. But we all have our moments, and all is forgiven, Terry. Um, So don't worry about that. But he says there's a high-pitched screech that's well beyond tolerable for him, and he certainly speaks for many... Of brothers who dealt with combat, PTSD, etc. Uh, uh, am super sensitive to all high-pitched noises. Drives me into a horrible place. Um, and you guys got the worst one. And we can't figure out what it is. I know what it is. We got a, a whole bunch of t- text. Uh, Squawky the Eagle. Oh! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know Squawky what? I, the Eagle. I find that noise annoying, too, honestly. And it's always too loud. Mm. I like Squawky. I like the idea of it. It's a good bit, but I don't want to hurt people's ears. <laughs> no. No, especially not, you know, folks uh, who, who may have been defending this country and sacrificing all or nearly all and, and hate ask, it. I'll have to ask my brother about that. There are a number of things that put him on edge from uh, combat experience, but uh, yeah, I wonder we, if the high-pitched noise is one of them. Do we return Squawky to the wild? Do we fry it up for some Eagle freedom tenders? Oh, what a, what a, oh, freedom tenders. Oh, boy. You see, we... <laughs> We have a a bald eagle we keep chained in the control room to symbolize freedom. Yeah, Thanksgiving's a week Um, away and you got a big giant bird. I mean, do the math. Right, freedom tenders, freedom fries. I think we got a. So there's something there, certainly. (laughs) Um, Maybe uh, make an incredibly insensitive Indian headdress out of the feathers and culturally appropriate. I mean, appropriate. Um, I, I would be curious to know if there are any other vets who are bothered by the squawky noise. Um, it's yeah. I, I mean, the, the problem being, Terry, and I'm addressing you personally, we would never willfully do anything that would cause you distress. On the other hand, given the, you know, with all due modesty, large number of people who listen to the Armstrong and Getty show around the country, if it's an incredibly small group of people that's bothered or offended by a thing, we can't. Eliminate everything that people are bothered by. For instance, um, m- m- my attitudes. A lot of people are bothered by that. what um, yeah, bothers me. No, we uh, we appreciate the note. He he took the time to write it out and mail it. Um, and we appreciate the respect shown. It is uh, returned. And we will consider that matter carefully. So other And people... I say we issue a moratorium on Squawky for now. Well, other people are texting, no, the screeches the music right before the show starts. And a number of people have said that. I don't know what that no, is. No, I say they, what yeah, is they, they Squawky. In the show intro, it kind of oh, makes it okay. Maybe they do mean squaggy, Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the note, though. We appreciate you taking the time to reach out. Um, boy, things I want to get to today, uh, What are the what are the least healthy value menus out there for fast food? Can rank that this time of year. Everybody's running around and grabbing a meal here and there. Do you mean there are any that aren't? Well, they make not super. They make unhealthy. the point. They make the point that it's all not good for you. Yeah, yeah. But the least healthy, and I'll jump right to the punchline. Um, they say Carl's Junior's five dollar all star meals, which I haven't had, but oh, uh, wait a minute, they are all unhealthy AF. <laughs> well, if enough technical terms. What do you mean? Uh but that's okay. Value is all right. Is it like amount of fat, and number of calories, and stuff? Because that's five dollar. The Carl's. First of all, this reviewer keeps saying you get a fair amount of food for the money. We got to get away from how much food you get for the money. Right. That is not a problem for like ninety eight percent of people in America. Right? Is is getting enough food at the fast food place or the restaurant for the money? They give you more than you. I ate a burrito last night. If it was half the size from the restaurant, mm-hmm. if it was half the size, it would have been plenty. I ate the whole thing because I have no self control. Mm. But uh it says Carl's Jr.'s $5 all-star, all-star meals, unhealthy AF. The Carl's Jr. $5 meal are just literally terrible for you. Says <laughs> this doctor. They're meat, white flour, more meat, more white flour, sugar from the drinks and fried potatoes. There's nothing good to say here. Mm. I do enjoy fried meat. Yeah, I'm a low-carb guy. I'm okay with the meat. Lighten up, Francis. Now all the white bread and sugar is indefensible, but, you know. I try not to tire out people with my dietary choices. Yeah, they got a lot of examples here, and every one of them I think. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't eaten that one yet. That sounds delicious. That's the way I'm (laughs) reacting. I'm not sure this is having the effect it's (laughs) intended to. Right. That's Um, poor writing. So you're going to talk later about uh, dividing the world in two between us and China? Disengaging from China economically and and why a growing number of people, serious people think it's a good idea. And their argument is compelling enough, you at least ought to noodle it through. The world could certainly be headed that direction. So a guy that got tortured, a Brit that got tortured by the Chinese government. I think he was a Chinese national, wasn't he, who was working for the Brits? Working for the Brits, yeah. 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 But he had Western connections and was a buddy of ours. Yeah, and and, and, uh, Great Britain is uh, very angry and uh, lecturing China. Not that it will do any good. Anyway, he was arrested and tortured and um it's just becoming clearer and clearer i think to everybody the way they're handling the hong kong protesters and then that new york times things about the the million muslims that they got in uh, in concentration camps south china sea which is an incredibly warlike policy the world is going to divide in those military bases into two spheres right <clears throat> and you're either going to be with us or with the chinese and they'll have their own computer operating system and kind of cell phone and everything like that and you'll only be able to use, work on that if you're doing that st- if you're in that their sphere or and we'll have ours, mm-hmm. be our own currencies, our own economies, it's going to be really interesting to see the world has not done this, not in the modern world yeah, yeah. Oh, well yeah, and and I will be leaning heavily on the thoughts of one a long time uh, diplomat business person thinker um, uh, but he outlines in really interesting fashion, if you're into this sort of thing, the history of the economic interaction with the Soviet Union. How, especially when Reagan came into power, we had a starkly different view of how to end the horrors, the millions of deaths, the starvation, the oppression of communism. Uh, Europe wanted to reach out and have lots of economic ties, and surely that'll open them up, and they'll become nice folks and good neighbors. And Reagan said, that ain't going to work. Finally. So, uh, more on that to come. I super glued my fingers together yesterday. Oh, boy. For a very long time. Oh, boy. I think we've all done it a little to the point where we're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. But I've never had them stay together. Oh, I have. But then always in the past, I've been able to get the fingernail polish remover, which I keep next to the super glue. Ah, smart. And, and Life the, hack, everybody. And, and in the past, it's worked fairly fast. But So I rolled over on my glasses yesterday and broke one of the stems off. You and rolled over on your glasses. I'd taken them off while I was sitting down. I was laying down reading, and then when ah, I got up, I, I kind of rolled over yeah, and broke yeah. them. Anyway, I broke them, and I was going to super glue them back together because they're the only glasses I've got that I can see out of. And, uh, and, and I didn't realize I got gl- uh, glue on my fingers, but I got glue, so much glue on my fingers, my fingers were glued to my glasses like this, oh, like boy. I was holding them to make a point. You know, <laughs> the thing is, um, and I glued them on there really tight, and I poured a half a bottle of fingernail polish remover on there, and they didn't bud. Uh-oh. And they were that oh, way for three hours before I finally got it free. I actually thought, I, I didn't know how long I'd have to go if I was going to have to go to the doctor. I don't know if you've ever just pulled your fingers free, but it rips the skin off in a very painful oh. way. And it takes a long time to heal, and I didn't want to do that. Did but you just so, keep reapplying more uh, nail polish? Well, I tried, keywords? but so Henry had finished his medical thing, and one of his the, the rewards was we were going to go to Baskin Robbins. The whole family went to Baskin Robbins. Me holding my glasses, like <laughs> this, yes, driving with my one hand, a a very pop <laughs> as you gesture like yep. a college professor, walking into Baskin Robbins, trying to get my credit card out with one hand and <laughs> Why don't holding you put my your glasses? glasses on, sir. <laughs> My glasses glued to my fingers the whole time. I you didn't did know how cool. long it would be that way, but eventually it worked its way through. So that yeah. stuff does work. It <laughs> can take a while. Well, they uh, recommend you use it for binding wounds in some situations. Actually, in surgery, they use super glue, sometimes to close wounds. It's an amazing product. Oh, yeah, and it it wears off. You, have you ever get the like the split at the corner of your thumbnail? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's painful. painful. It's nasty. And the rest of it. I always just use super glue. Put it in there, it holds it together, and by the time it wears off, the skin is healed underneath it. It's I really good. Sure my son fabulous. had one of those the other day. That would have been perfect for that. Yeah. But so, uh, be careful with the old super glue. You remember when I removed my own appendix back in 1993, I used super glue to close it. Fantastic. It takes a steady hand. And I, uh, really advanced ninja discipline. Don't try this at home. Adhesively, uh, I've never gone past Elmer's glue. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a sensible Just precaution. Just the white with the cow uh-huh. on it and uh-huh. the orange top yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like the, the, plus the it's delicious, model. isn't it, Sean? <laughs> oh, <John? yes. laughs>